Well, good morning, uh, man. Welcome to church this morning. It's uh, good to see everybody's face. And um, if I haven't had the chance to meet you yet, my name is Chris. And um, I know um, some of you I haven't had a chance to necessarily connect with. But uh, yeah, I'm excited to be here today and uh, get the opportunity to, uh, to speak this morning. And um, just really feel like um, God's put something on my heart that I'd love to share with you this morning. And um, by no means, uh, you know, obviously, like I'm not John. You can tell I'm a little taller and... <laughs> A little better look. I'm just playing. Don't tell him I said that. Um, but um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be here today. Um, and so, yeah, I brought uh, my families here with me this morning. I have my beautiful wife, uh, Sarah, right here. You can wave your hand at everybody. And, um, yeah, and also our daughter, Jacqueline. Uh, we call her Jackie, but she's here as well. So I'm excited to have them here. And I'm just excited to to teach the word this morning, and um, yeah, like I said, I feel like God's given me something, put it on my heart for this year, and um, you know, we've been talking about this topic of like stewardship, and so I'm just kind of closing out this thought, I thought, and um, it just, it just kind of lined up perfectly, but um, yeah, man, today, um, just would you open your heart and um, receive what God has for us today, and you know, I mean, um, just tell you a little bit about myself, you know, in my background, you know, um, you know, I co- I've been in church pretty much my entire life, and um, man, I just have a rich uh, background of faith, but, you know, um, you, I just encourage you to lean in with me. If, if you hear something good, just say amen. Uh, all that means is, yeah, so be it, man. Like, I'm with you, you know, so, uh, and I promise the better you say amen, the quicker I'll get done, and I'll, we can <laughs> go to the cafe, and we can have uh, some, some treats and some snacks. Normally, I would say the buffet line, but, you know, we're not leaving here. We're all going back to cafe, so, um, but yes, so stay with me, lean in with me, and um, yeah, so I just just wanted to give a little bit about myself. So uh, myself um, and my wife, we moved here uh, back in June. And um, yeah, about three years ago, we felt um, God just placed on our heart this burden, um, the city of Chicago, and um, as in specific to church plant. And um, I know that like can seem scary. And I, I told a lot of friends about that over the years. And um, every friend just gives the same response, like, man, you're crazy. Like, you're going to move into Chicago in the heart of the city. Um, and where it's rough, where things are crazy, um, to start a church. And um, yeah, you know, I know it's a crazy thing, but whenever God puts something on your heart, man, you got to follow it. And even even if it doesn't make sense, um, you just got to follow that. And man, it has been just a crazy journey, but an exciting journey all at the same time, and uh, we just believe God, that God wants to bring hope to the city, that 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 hope um, in a place where it's so dark, um, where hope is so needed, that, that the only hope that can actually quench or satisfy that desire is the hope of Jesus and the love of God, and so that's our heart is, as we're here. We moved here in June uh, to plant a church in the city, and uh, we've been making steps towards that, and uh, man, God has just been blowing our minds, and, and and, uh, connecting us and, and everything, so I'm really excited for uh, what this year is to bring and the years following, but um, yeah, just know um, that's my heart is I, I love people, and I love to see people that are far from God come to know him, and uh, man, that's, that's my dream, so uh, yeah, so today I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about myself before I kind of get into things, but now, uh, man, I'm, I'm pumped um, to bring this word today, so um, I'm going to pray for us, and then uh, we'll dive in. 
Lord, we just thank you so much for this day. Um, even though it's a little cold outside, God, we thank you that we can come together and meet and um, just talk about how good you are, God, and um, what you've done in our lives, God. But Lord, look, let not the good things that have happened in our lives stay with us, God. Let us be carriers of who you are. Let us take the message of Jesus out into the streets where people desperately need to encounter your presence, God. We just pray today that you would speak through me, God, that it wouldn't be my word but they would be your words. And Lord, we're just so thankful and so grateful for this day. And God, um, you know, as a uh, a avid sports fan, God, we just pray for all of the Chicago area teams that you just give them strength, uh, except the White Sox. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, So I'm probably in the wrong place. Okay. All right, cool. I was like, I don't, I don't know where I'm at. I don't know. Oh, that somebody's leaving. All right. Bless you. We're going we're gonna to pray for that guy to get saved later um, and delivered. Oh, man. So, yeah. So, like I said, um, man, I just felt God give me uh, just a word. Um, but um, before I dive into that, uh, funny story, I just want to kind of like give you a little bit more insight to my wife and I and our relationship. We are, we've been married for seven years now. And I, every day I wonder to God why sometimes that we were put together because we are so opposite. Like every personality quiz we've ever taken, she's on one side and I'm like way over here. We're like two like far opposite things. I mean, I'm super extroverted. She's super introverted. Um, I'm like, a, you know, uh, draw outside the lines. She's like draw inside the lines. We're just, we could not be further from the opposite. And um, this really plays out, I think, one of the, mo- uh, the most, at least what I want to talk about today, is when we're in the car driving, okay? Now, you have to forgive me because I'm just going to be super transparent and, like, no, ho- uh, no hold nothing back, essentially. But when I'm driving, um, sometimes, you know, I don't notice what the speed limit is. I just kind of drive. I have, like, a, a pace. It's a crisp pace, and it's the crisp speed. So that's this kind of speed limit I follow. My wife, on the other hand, she's like, oh, babe, you're one, one mile over. You got to, they'll pull you over and they'll suspend your license and you go to jail. And I'm like, not, I'm pretty sure they're not going to do that for one mile, but we'll, we'll just, whatever. But so I just have the crisp pace and I just do my thing. And especially, uh, it was funny the, uh, the other day we were in the car and, you know, uh, here in the city, how many know, like everywhere you have to park is like parallel parking, street parking. And so, man, like I wasn't traditionally good at that growing up when I first started. I wasn't really good at that. Um, and I've always had these like huge, long boat of a car vehicles to get into these spots. And so I've always been like really like not very well at uh, parallel parking. And so, um, yeah, one time uh, we were, uh, well, not one time, many times we will be in the car and, um, you know, I'm trying to, you know, parallel park and trying to do my thing. And um, one of the things that has been a game changer this year is I just got a new, uh, newer car that has a backup camera. Anybody got a backup camera? My Lord, it has saved me so many times. I can't tell you. There's been so many times where I'm about to hit somebody and it's like, oh, I'm about to hit somebody. Let me stop. Let me stop. Let me stop. So the backup camera has really just changed the game. And I remember uh, a couple, a little while back, uh, you know, I was parallel p- or parking and I was getting to this spot and this ha- conversation happens many times with my wife and she's like, uh, I don't think you're going to make that one. That's kind, of a, that's kind of a small spot. And I'm like, 
was like, babe, no, there's, there's room there. Like, I can, I can get into this spot because of this backup cam. I got this. And so all the time, I mean, it's like we have this banter back and forth, and I'm like, what do you want to bet? Like, you want to you bet? You want to wager something? It's always something silly, but I get into the spot, and then after I get into the spot, I kind of give her the look, and I'm like, I told you. <laughs> told you so. That's, you know, I just got this, I got the backup cam and that helps me get into the spot. And so, um, you know, it's one of those things where uh, the backup cam has really changed my life. But it, it, it also like, you know, it lets me know when I'm getting into situations like there, there's room. And so that's what I kind of want to talk about today is this idea or thought to kind of cap the stewardship uh, moment that we've been talking about over the past month is from this thought, if I had to give this a title, I'm going to call it, um, There is Still Room. And um, the story that I want to kind of bring to you today, it comes out of a passage in Luke. And, um, you know, it's going to be kind of a unique story, but I'm going to read through it. And then I want to kind of tie some stewardship principles to this passage of scripture. You know, see, I believe that stewardship is, is really about what we, the account that we give for the things that we've been given. What has God given us? What has, what have we been blessed with? What have we been um, given ownership over and what we do with those things? I love the first week that um, John talked about uh, not just being a, um, a consumer, but being an owner, like owning. What does it mean to own? That, that the church is not a building and four walls, but the church is us, that we are the body of Christ, and that how we, what we do with that is important, and it really matters. And then we talked a little bit more about um, finances. We also talked about uh, your talents and your treasure and everything that, um, you know, God has given us and what we do with that. And we talked, we had a ministry sign up, so we talked about actually practically using the gifts that God's put inside of us. Um, for, the, for the body of Christ at large. And so we talked about a couple of those thoughts. And today I just want to kind of talk about um, our heart and where we're going with um, this, you know, new year. New year means new opportunities. New year, new you. You know, you can, um, I don't know how many people are still with their like New Year's resolutions. Anybody still? Nope. Yep. I, I, I want to proudly say that I have not, I've, I'm still with my New Year's resolution. I have not eaten meat all year, and I've lost uh, about 12 pounds. So I'm excited about that. Yep. That's a big thing, because uh, bacon is like literally my love language. Like, I could eat that, oh my gosh. A bouquet of bacon would just be great right now. I'm <laughs> faking. <laughs> so... Yeah, I want to kind of talk about this story and um, kind of liken it to stewardship. So it may not connect at first, but I want to connect the dots for us. So it'll be found in Luke chapter 5, verse 17, and I'm going to read through 26. I'm just going to read it quickly through, and then I just got a couple thoughts for us today. Okay, so one day Jesus was teaching, and some of the Pharisees and teachers of religious law were sitting nearby. And the Lord's healing power was strongly with Jesus. So man carrying a paralyzed man on a sleeping mat. Then uh, they tried to take him inside to Jesus, but they could not reach him because of the crowd. So they went up on the roof and took off some tiles. They lowered the sick man on his mat into the crowd right in front of Jesus. And seeing their faith, Jesus said to the man, young man, your sins are forgiven. But the Pharisees and teachers of the religious law said to themselves, who does this guy think he is? That's blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew what they were thinking, so he asked them and said, what, 
Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say your sins are forgiven or stand up and walk? So I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. And then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, Stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And then immediately, as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat, and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe, and they praised God, exclaiming, We have seen amazing things today. So I want to talk to you about there is still room. One of the observations that I kind of make from this just to start off is that um, your proximity can really change your perspective. You see, these guys um, were men that had probably heard of this Jesus before, and they had heard of all the great things that he was doing. And um, out of the compassion of their heart, they noticed a man who was paralyzed, that um, he was sick. And in those days, if you were paralyzed or diseased or sick, um, you were really considered a second-class citizen and that you weren't um, someone people would want to hang out with. And so these uh, men uh, were gripped with compassion in their heart, and so they picked up the paralyzed man on this mat. And so one of the things that um, God really put on my heart is that when we are in proximity to people who are hurting, that it really changes our perspective on life. That when we are a part of the world and we see all the crazy things going on, that that proximity can can begin to change our perspective on how we really need to ultimately live. You know, I, I, like I was saying with our example of uh, the backup cam, you know, when, when I'm without the backup cam, it, it makes it really hard for me to park and to get into situations. But when I have that different, closer proximity perspective, then I can really see the situation from a better holistic view. And so um, I like to say this is that we can't be afraid to be in situations and places with people who are hurting and broken and that need this message of Jesus. And so when we're in proximity with that, that can really change our whole life perspective that maybe we can understand that life isn't just about what I'm doing in my lane, but life is about others, that it's about um, taking the message that we've been entrusted with, the, the thing that God has done in our lives to other people. That is not just about, hey, I'm going to come to church on Sunday and I'm going to get my thing and then I'm going to do my thing and Monday through Friday I'm going to have my plans and I'm going to do this. But no, like actually taking the message that has been imparted in our hearts, the gift that God has put in us, the, the, the redemption that God has placed in our life and taking that and owning that and giving that to other people. That when we're in proximity to those people, that it really changes our life perspective. Also, when we're in proximity, I love to say this as well, when we're in proximity, when we have cultivated a relationship with God, that that proximity to God actually also changes our perspective because now we can actually see people the way that God sees people. I'm sure as those guys were going by and they see the guy on the mat hurting, broken, that because of their proximity to God, their relationship with God, that they could actually see this guy the way that God sees him. That God sees them not as someone who's lame or, or paralyzed, but God sees them as a precious child. And so when we're in proximity to those that are hurting and those that are broken, we can see not from a natural perspective, but one of compassion. One thing I like to think about with that story is that, you know, I wonder, you know, 
as people were going to this Jesus meeting, how many people actually saw this guy sitting and just by himself and broken and down and out? How many people passed him? And I was curious, like, why those people were the people that came and got him and take, took him to Jesus. And, you know, I really just began to gather this is that when, like I said, when we encounter Jesus, when we've met with Jesus, when we've lived a life with Jesus, it really changes who we are. We don't see things the same way. We don't live life the same way. So when, you know, when we're going in our everyday life and we see people on the side of the street broken and hurting, I mean, I love what we've done here with beds. Like, man, just seeing people that, that need a place to come. When we see those, like, it, it's, it's proof that God has changed our lives because we see things from a different perspective now. And so I just want to encourage you and challenge you that in this year, that 2020 clear vision, uh, that we would see more clearly this year, that we would see that there is still more room, that God is still doing things and God is still in the business of helping people that are broken and hurting. The second little observation that I kind of made from this story, uh, let's dive back into the story. So um, you see the men, they try to take the men on the mat to Jesus, and when they get to Jesus, they see uh, there's a crowd of people. And uh, how many, who likes crowds? Anybody? Yeah, that, nobody. You like crowds? I like crowds, so I'm cool with that. Um, but most people don't like crowds. It would have been so easy for them to be like, oh, there's a crowd. Um, yeah, dude, so you're going you're gonna to have to figure this out. We're out of here, you know? And I love their heart that they didn't just see the crowd and walk away, but they were willing to do something that was unorthodox in order to get a person to meet Jesus. And I think as the church, as the body of Christ, that sometimes we're going to have to think outside the box and be outside the box in order for people to come to meet Jesus, to create a space. That's all we're doing is creating space. And God is saying, hey, son, daughter, there is still space in this kingdom for lost people. And so I, I encourage you today um, from this thought, this is my thought, is that, you know, our methods may change, but the message is always the same. See, these guys, they saw the crowd and there was no way for them to get this guy to Jesus. And so they're like, hey, man, like, what do we do? And so they did what any, like, creative, I don't know, man, I, don't, I, I wouldn't have even thought of this in the moment. They get up on top of the roof of a place. Could you imagine this place being full of people and not, no one else being able to get in and, and there being a person who's hurting and broken that needs to come in and to, to meet Jesus? And they get up on top of this roof and they rip off the tiles from the roof. Man, it's crazy. It's a crazy thought. They get in this building, they rip off these tiles because they are so desperate to get this guy in front of Jesus. And I said all that to say that, man, you know what? Sometimes as a church, we can't be afraid to change our methods in order to reach people who are far from God. You know, because being far from God is not, his heart is not his desire. He wants to know that he, he, he loved us so much that he sent his one and only son to die so that we can know him. And so I think the opportunity in this moment is, you know, the crowd of people could have been looking and, and saying like, man, look at these idiots on the roof. They're up there ripping off this roof, you know, this and that. But they were so desperate and so hungry because of their encounter and their experience with Jesus. And so when they saw that crowd, they said, you know what? We know what we got to do. We got to get up on that roof. 
And I want to encourage you today, and, and maybe I, I, I'm not trying to step on any toes or say anything, but I, I want to encourage you today to not fall in love with the method, not fall in love with maybe even the, 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 the Sunday church. I come to church, I go home, I come to church, I go home, but fall in love with the message of Jesus. And the message of Jesus is the one that is a redemptive work, that no matter how far you feel like you've gone, that you're never too far gone for God to save you. No matter how much you've done in your past, that God still loves you, that God cares about you. He approves of you. You are his blessed child. And so that is the message we've been given and entrusted with. So why not? Share that with people. Why not take that message and steward it well? Why not use those gifts God has given us? Why not use our treasures that God has given us to increase and build the kingdom? So don't fall in love with the method. Fall in love with the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus is life-changing. It's, it's life-altering. These guys encountered a Jesus that they weren't just satisfied and content with just being a part of the crowd. They wanted to be changers. They wanted to be the hands and feet of Jesus, to see people who are far from God come to know him. Kind of my last thought that I had with this, and I just think that, you know, this kind of summarizes for me what this area of stewardship is really about, is that it's about our heart, that we can't just be a bystander we need to be an exclaimer. It says there at the end of the verse, it says, then Jesus turned to the man and said, pick up your mat and go home. And immediately as everyone watched, the man jumped up, picked up his mat and went home praising God. Everyone was gripped with great wonder and awe and they praised God, exclaiming, we have seen great, amazing things today. God has done great things in all of our lives. I mean, I bet we could sit up here and tell stories of what God has done, every single one of us. But we can't just be content with holding that in and just knowing for us. We have to share our story. We have to share our experiences. We have to share our things because that is the things we've been given. We've been given a story. We've been given uh, redemption. We've been given a, a hope and a future. So it's our duty as those that have received to give that back to the world, to give that to people who are desperately in need in this world. There's so many people out there that, man, they're, they're hurting. They don't see a hope. They don't see a future. They don't see a way forward. But the way forward is Jesus. The way forward is the message that no matter how far you have gone, that he still loves you and that there is nothing that can separate you from that love. There's nothing too big that God can't handle. We serve a God who is awesome. He is so big and so vast. Let's go to Ephesians really quick. Ephesians 3.20. It just says this, Now unto him who is able to do far more than we ask or think according to the power that is at work within us. I love this. This is probably one of my favorite scriptures, second favorite scriptures. I don't know. It's so good. Because... It's twofold here. It says, now unto him who is able. So it, first part of that scripture is just acknowledging the greatness, the bigness, the, the vastness, the awesomeness of God, that God is bigger than anything, any force, any, any power, anything. God is bigger than. And then at the end of that verse that I just read, it says, um, more than we ask or think, according to the power that is at work within us. 
I love that because God doesn't just sit up there in his vastness and just say, hey, you guys are on your own. But God is asking us to partner with him in the work that he's doing in the earth. That, that all these things, that all these dreams, all these goals um, that, you know, we can have for our lives, all these plans that, you know, that God has for us, that they're huge and they're vast and all this stuff. But God is not just saying, I have this plan. God is saying, I have this plan and I want to work through you to accomplish that. We can't just sit here and wait for God to make room or make space. He's telling us that there is already room. If those guys would have accepted the fact that in natural vision that there was no room, man, that guy would have been on his own. That guy would have never met Jesus and never had that encounter that he needed to go and to walk and to be whole as God had made him to. So my encouragement through all of that is to know two things is, first of all, that God is bigger than anything. And second of all, to know that God wants to use us as his hands and feet to change this world. To not accept that, uh, man, we, you know, okay, we've, you know, I've been following God. I've been going to church my whole life, and, um, yep, that's pretty much it, and I'm going to. But accepting the fact that, that we've been redeemed, so now it's our mission and our goal to go out and help rescue those that are lost, help rescue those that are broken. Maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's just you're showing the love of Christ, but God has called us to be a light in this world. And so my encouragement, again, it to you is to, to know the vastness, the greatness of our great God, but also to know who he has made us to be. He has made us to be carriers. He has made us to take this message and give it to those who are desperately in need. So it says, now unto him who is able to do far more than we ask or think, according to the power at work in us, be the glory and the church in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. Man, as I close and as the the team comes back up to uh, lead us in some more worship, man, I just encourage you to, to, I don't know what that looks like in your life, but I'm here to just give you and declare this word over you that there is still room you might feel like, man, I, I, I've done like a lot in my life and, you know, maybe I've accomplished a lot in my life. But God is saying that there is still more to be done. There's still more people who need to hear the message of Jesus. There are still more people who need to experience the message of Jesus. There are still more things for us to accomplish as a group of people. I love what God has been doing in this church, man. I love to see Beds Plus coming through. I love to see homeless people having a place to sleep. I love seeing, um, man, like even in the midst of uh, a chaos and, you know, government and everything happening, um, not wanting that to necessarily come to pass. I love seeing two churches come together and show such unity. I love to see that. But I believe God is saying prophetically that there is still more room, that there are still more people that we need to help. There are still more people that need rescue. There's still more things out there. Don't just rest on what God has done yesterday. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So the same God who has done those great things is going to continue to do great things according to the power at work within us. So God is great. And he wants to use each and every one of you as his hands and feet to bring this message of wholeness, that, of restoration. And, uh, man, I just challenge you, man, don't be afraid. Use those gifts. You got gifts? Man, if you know how to cook a pot and bake a pie, sorry, cook a pot, bake a pie, man, 
Bake that pie. Take it across the street. Show somebody the love of Christ. If you know how to uh, help someone who is desperately in need, man, do that. Because those are all things God has given us. And if at the end of the day, I believe we're going to have to give an account for the things and the gifts God's given us and what we did with them. Did we just sit on the sidelines and say, hey, like, y'all, y'all, y'all got it. You know, Pastor John, Pastor Phil, you got it. You know, you're in the game. You got it. And I'm just watching you. No, you got to get in the game. You got to, like, let, put it out there on the line and say, you know what? I don't care what the crowd thinks about this idea or this unorthodox thing. That I'm, I'm going to help people reach Jesus, know Jesus. Because at the end of the day, you know, the Bible says that if, if we, uh, you know, act like we don't know who our father is here on earth, man, he's going to say, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know that guy. We want to be counted as people who are unashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, who are unashamed to think outside the box. We want to be people who are unashamed with this message that we've been entrusted with. So that's my encouragement for you today, is to know a great God and to allow him to use you as his hands and feet. Let's pray today. God, we just thank you so much. Um, for this word, God. Um, we thank you for the opportunity that you've given us and afforded us, God. All those gifts and talents and abilities that you put on the inside of us, God. Lord, would you continue to um, give us boldness just to step out, walk out, and be in that. That, God, you haven't created us to be like anybody else. You've created us to be original. We are the only us that can be, God. So we will walk in that calling that you have called us to, God. That the gifts and and, and uh, talents are without repentance that you put in us, God, that we would just walk in that. We would um, not be afraid of what other people say, God, that we would just be us holy and that you accept us just as we are, God. We thank you for this word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.